Get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast. And I did it. I did it. I tracked down Andy Michelson during golf season. <laughs> ben Hutchison alongside Andy Michelson. I love getting behind the microphone. We we don't do this enough, yeah. but we're busy. Yeah, we're back, baby. We're ready, we're ready to go to, to have another slew of terrible picks. I think people could listen to us to know who not to pick for <laughs> majors and other golf tournaments. They go to the experts. We admit we're not the experts. We just have some hunches, which dating back to the PGA Championship, my approach to the gambling on it, which we're not saying, hey, gamble if you have a gambling problem, call, you know, stuff like that. But <laughs> my approach to it is, hey, I'll throw two, three bucks at seven or eight guys. I don't want to go too much all in on one. And it worked out for me with Phil Mickelson. I threw $2 at him for the PGA Championship because I was all about lefty. As a lefty, I'm always going to throw something at Phil. I don't care if he's 49, 50, 51, 60, whatever. Just tell us what you made. Well, I was able to get him at 280 to 1. So do the math. <laughs> it was a nice payday, but at then I'm like bucks. But then I'm like, man, I could have thrown 5 bucks at him. Right. It was just 5 bucks. So, whatever. It worked out. The other picks were terrible. They didn't work out if you listen to the podcast. We know member Mike Hutchins, he's big on listening to our picks and making fun of the fact that they don't go too well, so shout out, Mike. Yeah, and, and it doesn't look like the odds makers have really learned anything for the U.S. Open either. No, you've been looking at the numbers? Yeah, a little bit. So well, John Rahm was the favorite going into PGA. He was my favorite going into the PGA, mm-hmm. and now he's everyone's favorite going into the U.S. Open. Easily the favorite. By a lot. He's 10-1, to 1, Dustin Johnson, second favorite, 16-1. to 1. Yeah, Ron just came off the, the little COVID uh, debacle at the Memorial where he was winning by six shots, and then he, he gets the boot on Saturday night. What did you think of that? Such a weird situation. I wanted to know what you thought of that. What would you have liked to see done in that situation? They Didn't they kind of know it? They knew it during his round or before his round on Saturday? Either way, they weren't letting out. him off the green without telling him, but – what could they have done or would you like to see him play by himself or does that change the element of the tournament on the final day? I think knowing what what they know and, and they had an inkling pretty early in the week that he could possibly, th- that this situation could possibly shake out. I mean, if they're constantly testing him and constantly testing him and constantly testing, like they should have, I, I don't know, I felt like they should have tested him more often. I don't think they, they did, right? They tested him twice and, you know, they're, there's a chance of a false positive. Like maybe give the guy if if you don't give him the chance to kind of redeem himself, why not why let him test on Sunday, Sunday morning? If it doesn't shake out, then it feels like it's more complete then. If he tests positive on Saturday and then let's say he tested positive again on Sunday morning, then I think everyone could have could have stomached it a little bit easier, but it just seems so abrupt. And then I have no idea who won that tournament. <laughs> like the only the only story to me was the John Rahm, and then I stopped watching it. I think it went to a playoff, and yeah. Patrick Cantley, Cantley might have been in it. Yep, and won. Yeah, Cantley might have been in it. I kind of just turned it off too at that point. I was just I saw his 
reaction to the news, and I was just crushed for him that he couldn't finish what he started when he's so far ahead. And they were talking about how hard that golf course is going to play. It could play three or four shots harder, and he just decimated the thing. Yeah. Absolutely was on fire. Played some of the best best three rounds of golf that we've seen at least all year, and then just gets gets that horrible news. And so. looking at now back to the odds for the U.S. Open, which Torrey Pines this time around, I love that Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka are both at 18-1. to <laughs> And did you see that Brad Faxon yeah, was reporting that the USGA reached out to Bryson's team and asked if he could be paired with Brooks and if they'd do it, and they declined reportedly? No way. Are you serious? That's what Brad Faxon was reporting, former PGA player, now analyst and everything else. What like Because that would have been just insane to have those two guys in the clown show around it and the fans and everything oh my gosh that would have been awesome you know bryson's thinking the distraction where they don't have to like each other but being a guy that's so scientifically put together he's not going to go for that no no he's not (laughs) he's not and obviously you know he was the one that was getting fans booted out of memorial when when fans are yelling out brooksy (laughs) and then kepka Kepka's giving out the uh, Michelob Ultra. That was classic. That was free beer. That was absolutely awesome. Free beer to the to the guys. But um, I think it's great for golf. Actually, yeah, I love the organic reaction of Brooks Kepka during that interview. I'm sorry that he was dropping f bombs and everything else, but man, it's organic. I love that stuff. It's it's so good for golf that there's that they're not just the same mundane guys. You know, I tried as hard as I can. You know, that's what you hate in all sports, right? You hate those interviews. That, you know. Team played hard. We played hard. We tried as hard as we could. We're going to go get it tomorrow. You get that interview every single time. You don't get the, God, I hate that guy. I can't stand him, you know, on a, on a hot mic, which I think that that Golf Channel reporter is probably the guy who leaked that out. I can't even imagine what's happening to him. I feel like it's probably some <laughs> lower-level production assistant that just came across it and had the ability to get that out there. Do you put that in your resume? <laughs> <laughs> or do you go from Bryson's team and you find a way to get that leaked out there, maybe? Who knows? If it was so? an inside job. Huh. There's no proof, nothing behind that. We're just looking at all possible avenues here. Um, but, yeah, I think and I think Brooks is having a lot more fun with it Yeah, because he just seems like that kind of guy. I think he had to um, because he's, he doesn't look like the most friendly character. I mean – you know, he's always sarcastic in those interviews and everything else. I think, I actually think this is a, a, a win for him for sure because now he's definitely a more likable character, I think, than he was just a few weeks ago. Well, depending on how these guys play, they could end up together based on the pairings. You know, after day one, you don't really have uh, much of a choice of who you play with, right? 100%. You're talking about two top 10 guys in the world. I mean, yeah. they've they got a great chance of, of being paired together. I think there's, I was looking at some of the other picks. I mean, some good ones. I mean, I, I like. This is where we go downhill. I really like Patrick Reed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's just the natural reaction to hearing his name. To be honest, he will not be a guest on the show because he no, he's I just saw... heard too much. Do you remember what happened at the farmers? The whole, yeah, that was great. <laughs> you like Patrick Reed or no? I admittedly not really a huge fan of Patrick Reed. <laughs> I'm sure he's delightful up close, and so, you could talk. Such a PC answer. What do well, you like? It's just him, and there's just too much controversy as far as bending the rules and everything along those lines. It's just 
I don't like that drama that follows it around. The drama I do like is Bryson and Brooks. I do enjoy that drama because I think golf is seen as a gentleman's game and we all have to get along. But you'd be the first to say, you know, people might like you as a person, but they're going to hate you on the course if you're beating them and everything else. Like, sure. you're that, you know, he's a jerk. I don't like him Well, because he beats you. Like, there's that element of it with golf. There's a lot of ego involved with the sport, and that's not a bad yeah, thing. He's not super likable off the course either. Well, it's, which one are we talking about? We could, <laughs> You could go probably Bryson or Patrick Reed along those lines. But yeah. um, as far as who I like for this one and picks not to, to who take. Who are you putting your two bucks on? Um, well, Phil, he'll, he'll get two bucks. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't really know the amounts. I'll probably throw something at Rory or Jordan just because – like you said, top 10 guys. Um, Rom, not a ton to be made there if he does win, but uh, certainly if you're trying to recoup some of the losses on other ones. Um, I don't think I'm going to go Bryson or Brooks. Uh, middle of the pack type. I still like Will Zalatoris. I think he plays well in majors. You know, even being a young guy, not having a lot of experience, I think some of that can play to your advantage when you're just kind of going out there swinging and getting into it. Um, I always like Justin Rose. But he'll show up, I feel like, every other major. Uh, he'll kind of be in the it's conversation. It's not the Masters. Yeah, I mean, it's not, the, not masters, the Masters. But I still like him. Uh, let's go way down the list to, like, something stupid. Will Billy Horschel break through in the U.S. Open? <laughs> he is nowhere on my radar whatsoever. All right, so he's out. Um, I've got a guy that I cannot believe we haven't talked about. We'll go for it while I keep looking at the Matthew list Matthew Wolf. Is one fifty to one? We talked about him a couple majors ago. Yeah, but one fifty to one. He was runner-up last year in the U.S. Open. No I respect. Mean, I mean, I don't, I don't care how, how poor he's played lately. One hundred fifty to one. There's your two buck bet right there. All right. Bud. Yeah, I might do that. That's fine. Although you think <laughs> one hundred fifty, that's nothing compared to two eighty to one. I mean, I mean, yeah. Come on, your high roller. How about Streels? You got Streels doing anything in this one? Played some good golf. He's just a – he's a nice story. I was going to say. Maybe a top ten, you know. He's a really nice guy. guy. Great dude. Great really dude. nice guy in real life. Yep. For anyone that's come across him. Really nice guy. Love seeing him do well. We obviously will root for the local product. But um, realistically for this, I mean, we probably can't pick him to win. Probably not. Probably not. Um, let's see here. Uh you got Matt Kuchar at a one fifty to one. I don't. Okay, sure. No, <laughs> not doing that. Let's go way down the list. Um, yeah, I've never heard of any of these guys, so can't do it. Henrik Stenson two fifty to one. Not the worst pick. Phil was a crazier pick than Henrik Stenson. Yeah, I kind I really like your Wolf pick to be honest. Yeah, one fifty to one. Kisner two hundred to one. Uh, too long. Too long. Yeah, this golf course is way too long. Oh, going back up the list, I think Morikawa is always worth uh, a couple bucks probably. he um, He's played good golf consistently. so Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a probably not a bad bad golf course, California kid. So definitely a course that, that he's familiar with. I think there's uh, – I mean, if you're going along those same odds lines, I think Xander Shoffley has a much higher upside than Morikawa on this golf course. He this fizzled. is literally he literally has been playing this golf course since he was in diapers. Literally. He's like a shot away at the Masters. Yep. 
Like Shoffley's literally played this golf course for the last 20 years of his life. We talk about that, and we talk about that, but that's like Phil. I think he's won here three times. He's going back home. This is the area. But the three times he won wasn't on this course. You've had the redesign since then. He last won in 2001. So that's why Phil's been pretty open with the fact that he doesn't like the redesigns. He hates Reese Jones. Is what you meant <laughs> just to in say. general and he, yes. he mentioned that he's mentioned locally another golf course around here so yeah i mean there's probably some internal angst if you will um but he's going home his brother talked about it in an interview uh just the fact that this isn't the same course and um so do you put your money on him i mean phil had phil had such a great perspective at the pga where it was like i mean i just thought it was absolutely amazing how collected he was it was probably the the most in control i've ever seen phil play and just from a mental standpoint you can see how controlled he is he literally has nothing to lose like i really hope he keep if he could keep that in perspective he's got all of the other elements that can make it work but like he's got nothing to lose nothing to lose whatsoever if he shoots plus 10 no one cares right it's fine that was expected phil's 50 years old blah 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 right But if he's in the hunt, I mean, he's literally got nothing to lose. There's there's no greater pressure than he just faced at the PGA, I feel like. Well, I think it's a lot of fun to watch. And I know I keep bringing up Bryson because he's been in the news. But I feel like seeing someone like Bryson, seeing an interview with him, he's very calculated, very numbers. Everything's flying through his head and everything's moving really fast and he catches it. And he's smart enough to understand the different things. When you hear Phil... He's just so cool and collected, understands every and angle. He's probably smarter than him. Oh, <laughs> totally. But I'm saying in general, like it's just a different vibe with Phil where you're, you're right. He's just like, I'm going on what I know, hopefully going to play well, hopefully going to hit more bombs. You know, he's just very cool and collected, and that's so much fun to watch. Yeah, but we've also seen interviews where Phil uh, checks the barometric pressure for the day. To know how far his irons are going. But he does it in a fun way yeah, for I know. me. I like, know. it's a fun way. I, I, I don't know. get exhausted looking at his interviews, and no, I don't I turn know. them off. I know. I would turn off the other guy's interviews probably. But Phil, I just I think he's a fascinating person. Yep. Which, I mean, other people think Bryson's fascinating. That's fine. I think Phil's evolved, too. It's, it's kind of funny. He was, you know, he always had that, that moniker of, of not being all that likable for guys that are on tour. I feel like that's changed a lot too. There's social a media of... flipped the switch for Phil. Yeah. A lot of guys look up to him too. I mean, he's, he's, he understands his position, especially like when it comes to Ryder cups and such as like the leader and, you know, you get all these young guys that just love him. Jordan Spieth loves him. Justin Thomas loves him. All these young guys love being around Phil. And I really think that's changed the perspective of Phil. Not only the fans have always loved Phil, but the guys on tour, I've I've heard it before. They they feel like he's kind of fake, and I think that's that's going away. And and they respect Phil for kind of like in the same way that Phil respected Tiger. Eventually, as in, look, this guy paved the way for us to be able to make these piles of money, and he's shown us the basically the blueprint and how we need to treat fans. You know, Ricky Fowler is another one of those guys. I mean, I hope he comes along. You know, gets out of this funk that he's in, but. The dude misses the cut for the U.S. Open qualifying and sits there for an hour and a half and signs um, autographs at a local qualifier in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. You know that's that's class, and that's that's the type of stuff that Phil showed, has shown for years, and Phil learned it from Arnold Palmer and and guys like that. So um, I think Phil understands his place in the game, and he's only becoming that much more. Um, 
you know, have a positive character and more significant in those guys' eyes. You've played Tory Pines, mm-hmm. right? When's the last time you played it? Uh, I played it two years. No, hold on. Three years after the uh, U.S. Open was there. Um, it's a beast, man. I was going to ask for people who haven't been there. I played super good and shot 76. I played really good. Like you were happy with how you played and just played happened really, to be 76. Played really solid and shot 76. Um, it's uh, it, it's you know, it's goofy. It's kind of it's got that little bit of Pebble Beach feel. Not not necessarily just because it's next to the ocean, but you know, you always have to keep that in perspective where the where the ocean's at because everything kind of breaks that way, and so you get some really kind of goofy putts out there. Um, a lot of local knowledge, I think, I think plays into into playing that that golf course well. I don't know if that's actually held true uh, in the Farmers Insurance uh, Open, but it seems like that the more you play it, kind of the the better you the better you do play it. And I'm a huge believer in positive vibes. I don't care if it's the Farmers Insurance or the U.S. Open that's been there. If you've won on that golf course recently, you've got positive vibes going in. So I can understand why so many people like John Rahm. I mean, he's won there before. Um, I, 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 I'm still a strong believer in that. I mean, even though Phil hasn't won there in 20 years, he still has positive vibes on that golf course, even if it's not the same exact golf course. Chance you sleep in your own bed, too. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal for a couple of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. But do you get too comfortable at the same time? You're not. It takes you out of your routine to be home at a tournament. You know, that could play a role, too. I, I think for some of the guys that are a little bit more experienced, I mean, the Shoffley has been doing this now for the last four or five years, being in contention, and so he's probably got a team of people around him that know how to handle him, um, you know, quite a bit. There's, you know, I know, like, during Masters Week, um, Spieth has a role where the TV doesn't go on. And so they play like ping pong and stuff like that. He usually brings a bunch of friends in. Like they have their own routines that they do during special tournament weeks. Um, and each guy's unique. Some guys doesn't phase them and they just kind of go about their lives as normal. But you know, certain guys might eat certain meals or do certain things or, or kind of have the same routine um, for, for certain times during the year. Either way, I'm going to try to catch some of it. Should be a lot of fun. It's a busy weekend. We have our member guests here at Mistwood. Mm-hmm. Father's Day. Yep. A lot going on this weekend. So that's fun. But, hey, we're not leaving yet because we have to talk about the weird news of the week, which is this Corn Ferry Tour qualifier. <laughs> this was first reported by the Fire Pit Collective. And let me set it up for you a little bit. Um, I don't think it really matters the names of these guys because I don't know who these guys are. But pretty much what happened is there was – Three summer golfers out there. Their pace of play was a little bit slow. There was a lost ball. One of the golfers confronted the other golfer who had his father as his caddy, and he let him know, hey, man, if you um, you know help me look for a ball, probably speed us up a little bit. Well, that golfer didn't like being called out for the fact that they weren't helping, and then they just got into an all-out fist fight. And then the other Final golfer came over and tried to break things up, but then the dad apparently reportedly pulled out a putter and was like, don't break it up, let him go. Um, so it ended up with, again, allegedly an arrest. Uh, this isn't your average um, golf tournament, Andy. No. Little brew ha ha. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that where you guys are just going fisticuffs in a, in a Monday qualifier. I wonder if any of them were even close to say what the scores were, or did they all get DQ'd. 
I didn't really get any scores out of this. All I know is <laughs> they had like an officer apparently go out and take the one guy's, you know, witness account of it and then, you know, his report and then he's like, Do you want to press charges? And he's like, Absolutely. I was assaulted. And then the one golfer got arrested and I think so taken off the course. I could see this leading to what they do for the PGA Tour. So the PGA Tour used to be able to just anyone can Monday qualify. You know, you can just go try to Monday qualify and 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 try out, right? Now they have a Thursday qualifier that you have to qualify for to get into the Monday. So I've done that for the the John Deere the last three years. I've been fortunate enough to get through to the Monday one, right? But the Thursday, you could get paired with any riffraff possible. I got paired with a guy two years ago. This is a guy that's trying to qualify for the John Deere. So the Monday qualifier for the John Deere, usually 65 is the number to get out. This guy shot 99 in the prequal <laughs> on Thursday. I get paired with him. Oh, man. I shoot 70. He shoots 99. The other guy shoots like 82. But that's the type of that's the type of stuff you can run into. Wow. And these corn ferry, they don't have that. They ha- they only have the the Monday qualifier, as far as I know, for, for most of the events. Well, all I know out of all this is the Peacemaker, again, thanks to the Fire Pit Collective for getting this out there. The Peacemaker in this situation was refunded his entry fee uh, <laughs> by the uh, this is in Kansas, so really exciting stuff for Kansas, I'm sure. Uh, this was the Sand Creek Station Golf Club in Newton, Kansas. So, man, just a little excitement for a Monday in the on a big golf week. I mean, it's going to bring more attention to that Corn Ferry event than than otherwise would have, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, this was fun. It was always good to jump back on, get some picks out there, and figure out what the heck is going to happen this weekend. We hope to uh, get some cool guests on in the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll get back behind the mic and do this thing again. Thanks for listening. Get in the cart. Right at us. Mark! The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast.